Good evening, 1 and all. We are back in these troubled times to bring you some audio excitement in the form of episode 75 of 2 Minutes for Chatting. And this is actually a funny episode um, because we're planning to go back on our pre-season predictions and that's be that players, teams, league, all sorts of stuff. So it should be a good laugh basically for about an hour. Yeah, before we uh, go back to the real world and, um, you know, we're sat now living in an, an underground bunker somewhere. Yep, what what week is this of, uh, is this officially the beginning of third week of lockdown? Yes, uh-huh. yeah. so two, two weeks ago, uh, tonight, was this a start, the official start, so. Yeah. But then I've been, I've been working from home for a week before that as well, so this is yes. three full weeks. Mm. Yes, yeah, not too bad. Nice, uh, nice weather today and all that. But usually, usually being a uh, being stuck in the house, it's not the not the most fun. But it would make it easier if we had sport and stuff on. But that's just the way the way it's going, I guess. Um, yeah, I reckon we'll be. We'll be like this for a, a good while. Seems, seems like it, yeah. <laughs> um, can predict not, that. We can yeah, predict that and then look back on our prediction. <laughs> yeah. Coronavirus marks out of 10. Yeah, well, I would probably say it's going to be about 10 and it would end up being 3, knowing me, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully everybody's obviously getting on okay and this will be a bit of a distraction and a laugh, perhaps, um, before you go back to working from home or not working at all, which is a shame. But um, yeah, we can we can only do our best to have have a bit of a laugh. Pandemic pandemonium. Is that the name of the episode? Yeah, I think it should be. Okay, yeah. I'll take a note of that, and I'll make sure that we do actually call it. Um, right, pre-season <laughs> yeah. po- post pre-season pandemic yeah pandemonium. something that emphasises how bad the pre-season predictions were um, so right let's let's just dive in because I want to start with uh, <laughs> what I'd say I've got, basically I'm laughing because I've got tons of notes and most of them are really funny so um, I think we'll start with what seems to be my notes on how I thought Clan would be as a whole compared to other teams. Okay. So, some stuff I'd written, uh, and then we can compare that to reality. Uh, stronger than Dundee. Yeah. And Fife. Uh, at that point Fife had quite a few signings left Guildford looked strong hopefully match up a bit better against them Manchester rebuilding so a few unknowns at time of recording but uh, we look we look stronger so actually from that point of view the way the season the table was frozen we actually are ahead of them but possibly not using the words 
using the word stronger is a bit much maybe uh, I said Nottingham younger close match up with us mm. questionable Sheffield and Cardiff strong Belfast rebuild expect big names think we'll be close mm, we weren't really <laughs> Coventry this this is pretty accurate Coventry yeah. look fairly good few more signings than judge yeah uh, and it looks like that was that was what I'd written for other teams. Uh, not not the best. I mean, I did I did predict this to be better than Dundee, Fife, and Manchester, and they kind of are. Uh, certainly Fife, but to say we'd be close to Belfast, Nottingham, possibly Coventry is pretty poor. Yeah, I think you sat hit on a lot of the, a lot of the quotes I'd, that I'd written down as well. Um, one quote of yours that I'd <laughs> <laughs> you didn't quite hit on there was um, you said you'd said uh, players are unlikely uh, to get worse this season. <laughs> Superb. <laughs> well, um, so that was obviously judging on the guys that were here last year. Yeah. Yeah, the returning signings. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, it it turned out that most of the time that was that was bollocks. So, um, another incorrect quote from me. Uh, did <laughs> Did you have any anything like that where you'd kind of predicted strengths and weaknesses to other teams? Um. Not not really. Although we did we saw. We did go through a sort of league, a league standings as like how we would see it finishing at the end of the season. We did, yes, um, and actually, I've got mine. I've got mine right in front of me. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I had, uh, and I'm just kind of comparing that to the final table. But I had Cardiff to win, so we are yep. well. I know that they've not crowned any champions, but Cardiff were top of the table at the time. Belfast yeah. second, which is mm. incorrect. Sheffield third. Nottingham fourth. Uh, then us finishing ahead of Guildford. Yeah. Either Fife or Manchester. Then Dundee, then the other one of Fife from Manchester, and the worst part of this whole thing is that Coventry Blaze finishing bottom of the Elite League, and they've actually gone and almost done the opposite. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know why. I, why did I predict them to be so poor? I think I think when we did this. I think Fife and Coventry were still waiting on guys coming in. Because I think we'd so I looked at the looked at the Coventry team and thought there's nobody really. Right. Okay. I think Evan Bloodoff, I think was this. Uh, yeah. The big the big name guy to start with. Um, although I think they had um, like the the Pole Camp brothers and, and Andrew Johnson at that point. I didn't. I don't think we thought that they would really amount to much, but. 
how wrong they were. Yeah, I mean that's okay. That's a saving grace, I I guess, in that teams were not complete at the time of prediction, but still, for it to be such a such a turnaround from what I've actually thought to where they finished is shows how well. Not that I'm a marker for my prediction, but shows how well they've done. Um, and the other things there, Cardiff winning it, I think that most people would probably have predicted that. Belfast second, kind of underachieved possibly, although they're they're really not not far off the top. Uh, yeah. Nottingham, kind of there and thereabouts. I does finishing ahead of Guildford, which, when you look mm. at that now, is just a suicide prediction. Um. Well, and Fife finishing ahead of Dundee, Manchester, and Coventry, so not great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this as well. Um, but my final league standings and your final league standings are almost identical. Right. But I had, I had Clan, Clan finishing above Nottingham in fourth. Oof. And that's that's the only difference. Right. So again, I had Coventry. <laughs> Coventry sitting tenth as well. <laughs> I don't really know why we did it. Why did we think Clan were going to be so good? Um, we'll get onto that, I suppose, maybe. But yeah. Okay. So, so the table was the first, the first error that we made. Um. The next, the next laugh. On the conveyor belt of humour this week, is a. Uh, but I guess we're best doing clan uh, once we've done all the other teams because we'll spend more time on them but we went through each team and predicted a top point scorer one to watch an underachiever and a top penalty minute uh, player mm. and uh on that note, I think we should go through and see just how well we did there. Yeah, um, we can do that. As I say, I've kind of I've taken a note down of both both our predictions on these. Right. Okay. Um, um I, well, I, I gather you you'll have yours. I've I've got yeah I've got my own ones. So, uh, Belfast. We'll start with them. Just in alphabetical order, I, I had done it. Which seemed fairly sensible at the time. Belfast, I had their top point scorer being Brian Ward or Ben Lake. Mm. Now, actually, they're second and third, respectively, just behind Smotherman. Um, not loads of points. No. You know, but kind of similar to what happened with Clan. And it was a, a bit of a spread. Um but so not not terrible there, I did predict second and third. Top penalty minutes I had Bobby Farnham. And actually that was wrong, he was third. It was Matt Pellich, who was on one, two, three. <laughs> one to watch. <laughs> one to watch I had Jean Dupuis and Jesse <laughs> Forsberg, both of whom didn't complete the season. 
I think yeah, the I Wii think... was released quite early on, and Forsberg maybe a bit later. He did get an injury though. Uh, although maybe were they released at the same time? Don't quite remember. But... Uh, no. Terrible. So, Forsberg was um, released after six games, and uh, and Dupuis was released after fourteen. Right. Okay. But Dupuis' record was a uh, one goal and two assists in fourteen games. Okay. Terrible. Um, so embarrassing start really, and my underperformer was Shane Owen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know he actually <laughs> he actually did not bad. What did what yeah. was his? Uh, so I mean I, I don't know why I had. Had Matt Pellich is underperforming. I don't know what I expected from him, but um, mm. Shane Owen, poor prediction. Um, yeah, I mean that's it's not, it's not a great one. It's not great. Just getting the stats here. Shane Owen finished with ninety one point six five save percentage, two point three nine goals against. So not. Not an underachieving season, a half decent season I would say. Um, so Belfast terrible start. <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, also had Brian Ward as my top point scorer, so not not a million miles away there. Um, it's weird though how uh, Belfast top top point scorer is the lowest of any other team in the league. Yeah. With yeah. 36. Um, yeah. Yeah, Brian Ward, uh, 35. I had uh, Curtis Hamilton as my one to watch. Um, and actually, I think he was... Yeah, he was pretty good, yeah. Not too bad. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll give you that. I had, I had Matt, Matt Pellich as my top penalty minute. Okay, so you got that. Yeah, and it, obviously one, two, three as well, which is a uh, is a is a joke about um, taking of taking of pellets one, two, three. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, yeah. Um, well, what, who was your who was your underachiever? My underachiever was uh, Kieran Long. Actually, actually you, yeah, you've done really well there. Two goals in forty-eight games. Yeah, incre- incredible predictions from you. It's not a bad start. No, it's not. Does, doesn't get much better. Right, but it's a, it's it's impressive. I'll give you that. Definitely give you that. Um, right, moving on to Cardiff. Um, top point scorer. I had Charles Lingley. And. He was not the top point scorer. He was nowhere near it. Albeit he missed eight games. Um but okay, so he was he was nowhere near it. Penalty minutes I had Mark Lewis and he was nowhere near it. <laughs> One to watch add Massey Maria Mackey. And he was not really that good. 
I would say he was well. He was he was okay. He was okay. Yeah. He was okay. He wasn't wasn't a terrible season, but not not a one to watch under the radar. And my underperformer was Blair Riley. And again, he was half decent. I would say, not incredible, not poor, so sort of middle of the road. Um, but not not underachieving. I wouldn't say. Not quite that poor. No. Um, Again, th- this is the, the league champions elect, I guess. So. Yeah, true. It's difficult to pick an underachiever in, yeah. in a team like this. Um, <laughs> but I found a way to, to have the, the worst shout. <laughs> I think I remember this. <laughs> I actually do, I think I remember. You remember me saying that I thought Joey Haddad would be an underachiever. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. A- actually, top point scorer uh, for Cardiff and second top point scorer overall in the league. Yeah, he had a great season. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He had a great season. Um, so that's where that's where I've kind of fallen short. I did have Mark Louis as my top penalty minute taker as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so nowhere with that adds Charles Lingley as well top point scorer uh, and my one to watch was Mike McNamee he was okay yeah he was alright pretty um, good player that's not that's not a bad shit yeah so overall not bad I get yeah. well not bad for that but over, overall for Cardiff pretty poor yeah yeah um but again, not a total disaster. We're waiting on one of those. I've already had mine, but uh, I don't remember if you had any, but we'll find out. <laughs> right, next is Coventry Blaze. Now again, at, at the time, this was a kind of incomplete roster, wasn't it? In a, in a sense, they didn't, they didn't have everyone in. But anyway... Um, Top point scorer I had Evan Bloodoff. He was nowhere near. Uh, although it must be said they had a very good season, so um Yeah. I I did not predict that. So again poor. Top penalty minutes I had David Bro and thankfully thankfully that came through. One to watch. Pretty embarrassed to even utter the words, but I had <laughs> goaltender Jamie Phillips, who was released halfway through the season, replaced by CJ Mott, who I think won, got into the, the all-star kind of team that was voted for by the, the league fans. So Jamie Phillips got chucked, <laughs> replaced halfway through, and they, they then went on on a, a great run, so that was a terrible prediction. Mm. And my underperformer was Andrew Johnston, and he had a good season. So, um, from a limited, uh, possible selection, I've still managed to produce some howlers there. Yeah, um, incredibly, I agreed with you on three of these. So I had Evan Bloodoff, 
top point scorer, David Bro, top penalty minute taker, mm-hmm. and Jimmy Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. Shocking. Um, Mandara Chivara kind of, um, I cheated a wee bit. Right. And I said the Pole Camp brothers. Okay. Um, because prior to, well, I, I just think in, in general, uh, when brothers play in, this, in the same team, they don't tend to play that well. No. Um, and the exception probably before the season would have been the, the Crowder brothers. Yeah. And so, actually, it, it transpires that the Pole Camp brothers were had a a fairly decent season. Yeah, that's yeah. So um, obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, but Coventry in in general, we've we've kind of emphasised how they just overperformed our expectations by a mile. So we weren't really ever ever in a good good starting place with them, but embarrassing nonetheless. Uh, fair, fair play. Just a quick shout out to to Danny Stewart. I don't particularly like him, but he's he's had a great season there. Yeah. No, he has. I think it's taken what this is his. Is that his third season in charge? Uh, is it fourth, yeah. Third or fourth? Third and obviously, um, he had previous coaching experience, assistant coach, but. Took him three years, but he kind of got there eventually. And I mean, it looks like they probably wouldn't have won the league outright, but um, who knows with the possibility of of a few games to play, where they what they would have done in possible playoff champions as well. They were they had a great season, so yeah, agree credit there. Yep. Um, Dundee Stars. It really does get better for me here. Um, top point scorer. <laughs> oh, sorry, people. I had um, Justin Malin and Elgin Pierce, and Matt Marquardt was there as my third selection. Now the the funny bit about that is. Both Justin Malin and Elgin Pierce were released. A couple of months in, Elgin Pierce went to Belfast, and to be fair, had a decent impact. Yeah. But, uh, Justin Malin uh, was was not obviously performing to the expectations, and released. Matt Marquardt had had a good season. He's pretty yeah, steady. He did, yeah. He's pretty yep. steady player. So that's a that's an all right call, but the other two, uh, not so good. Mm. Top penalty minutes, I had Elgin Pierce. Now actually, I don't know how many he got before he left out of interest, but twenty-seven. Okay. Um. Yeah, you're right. I can see it actually. So it was it was actually Jagger Dirk. So I was wrong there. Um. One had he stayed though? Had he stayed? Yeah, had he stayed? Probably. Not the worst. Yep. 
One to watch, I had Anthony Beauregard. Now, I'm I'm calling that that's a good shout. That is a good shout. Uh, and I also had shout. Eggles Callens as my other one. And he was yeah. alright at times. Showed some, some flashes of uh, what he could do. Probably not 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 as good as what I thought, but certainly Beauregard and give myself credit there. But the worst of all time has to go to um my underachiever being Alex Leclerc. Now okay statistically compared to the rest of the goalies he wasn't top but he did not underachieve. I think he kept them in so many games. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And I think in a better team, he would have been a real standout goalie. You know, he was he was in the clan school of facing fifty shots a game. Um, yeah, but I mean, and he, first uh, signing announced yeah. for next season, definitely. <laughs> Every time I saw him, I was impressed by him, which is exactly the opposite of what I thought would happen. So. <laughs> Another yeah. prediction down the drain from me. Yeah. Um, again, well, there's a kind of running theme here with top top point scorers. I went with Justin Malin as well. Hmm. I mean, he yeah. was obviously a good player, though, before he came. Yeah. We've not, I mean, we've not, not just plucked names out of thin air and hoped. No. Um, there's something to that. Um, I had Matt Marquez, my top penalty minute guy uh, and he was fifth in Dundee so terrible shout there yeah not the best underachiever I had Craig Gans <laughs> he he wasn't bad no he wasn't bad at all to um, be fair um it just shows. <laughs> I think we just saw where they'd signed from and thought that this guy's just. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Nonsense, but then forgetting that basically everyone Pasha signs is up to a decent standard. Yeah, I but... don't know. I, I guess I just didn't see him fitting in. Um, he wasn't a sad typical Omar Pasha signing. No, I agreed. I, I didn't think so. Agreed, and we had to pick somebody, so it's not... Yeah, from my point of view, I've probably gone with that. Yeah. yeah because of that, but actually it was okay. Uh, my one to watch was uh, Jordan County. And yeah. He was okay. He was, yeah. He was alright. Um, maybe I'd like to have seen him kick on a wee bit more, but 22 points isn't terrible, but... Um, four goals for the season probably want to do a bit better yeah uh, goal scoring wise yeah um, who was your sorry who was your underachiever Gansey oh yeah right sorry I was confused <laughs> I was confused there of course it was my mistake right Fife um, <laughs> yeah. I mean they were in general an underachiever but uh Point scorer, I had the Crowder brothers, um, and actually Tim Crowder was the top point scorer, 
along with Danit Gotti. Paul Crowder not so much. So not the worst out, not the best. Penalty minutes I had Danit Gotti. It was actually Scott Arson. One to watch I had James Livingston. And actually I don't think he was as good as I expected. And my underachiever I had Chase Shaber and I'm actually gonna say that was not the worst shout. That's a good shout. Um yeah. because I, I don't think he was as good as he has been in the past. So as a team, as a set of predictions there, I don't think I was too bad with Fife. No, that's pretty good. Um again we went similar idea for penalty minute taker. Um I'd go to you as well. He finished finished third overall um, behind Kozola and Arson uh, as you'd mentioned so not great there um, top point scorer I did have Tim Crowder um, who was joint joint top uh, with Cote on 40 um, I had James Livingston as my underachiever yeah so again not bad not bad uh, at all no <laughs> my one to watch I had uh, Mikael Gutwald okay um, and uh, and my reason being was um, the season or the two seasons that he was with he was with us the first season he, he stood out in what was a poor yep. poor team and then the season after that didn't Really do much. I, I didn't. I didn't feel didn't uh, contribute as much as he had the season prior. And I think I'd said I couldn't really make my mind up whether he was a good player or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember. That. And you, uh, yeah, still don't <laughs> have an answer. Yeah, it was. It was a strange one. Um, a lot of the five players were kind of. Like that, where they sort of didn't really, didn't really do too much either way. I mean, some of them really struggled, and I think that's why they they've ended up where they were. Um, they had real issues scoring goals generally throughout the season. I would say, um, and I mean, Adam, Adam Morrison as a keeper was actually statistically pretty good um, I yep. just think they kind of went through that ridiculous run was it like 13 or 14 losses on the bounce yeah, at one point and uh, never really recovered from that and actually for us to have both predicted them not to be bottom is probably the only positive they can take out of the season <laughs> yeah that's a good point it, it was um, one to forget it was the best the best thing for them really was that the season is kind of null and voided other than stats yeah um, because it was it was very poor and it will be interesting to see what direction they go next year next season whenever we we start back yeah um, combined, their, their six D men scored 11 goals all season. 
Yeah, that's not, is, not good. Um, Sam Jones was the top goal scorer. Yeah, and, and he was injured for a huge chunk of the season, I'm sure. Yeah, you're um, right. They, they would have been expecting more from a lot of those guys, and it just it didn't really happen. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, poor, very poor from Fife. Um, and, and overall, I think our predictions weren't too bad there. I don't really know what that says, but Moving on to Guildford, um, but a quite an interesting one here. Uh, the top point scorer I had Cruz Reddick. Um, he was second top. Penalty minutes I had Corbin Baldwin, and he was indeed top of that. One to watch, an underachiever. Now this is where it starts to get interesting. I had Cali Akerid as one to watch and actually I think he should have been in the underachiever. Yeah. And I had John Dunbar in the <sighs> underachiever. Now, it, on the face of it, that seems not the best shout. But I mean, I guess I, to defend myself there, I'll try and quantify what underachiever is. He has been unbelievable in the past two years. Yep. Moved by underachiever, I just, I mean, a, a slight dip. Uh, none of their players really, none of them actually reached a point a game, which I guess quantifies that as a possible qualification for underachiever. Um, but they they had an okay season. Um not as good as they would expect so possibly generally a bit of an underachiever team this season or is yeah that I think that's fair I think that's fair um, I think when they when they first came into the league they you know they had a really good season and um, you know they've tried to keep the majority of the core of players there and um, sort of build around that and I don't think it's worked Really, um, but again, you could just you could put that down to down to a bad season, maybe overall. And but it well, it's not a bad season, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, comparatively, yeah. It, it wasn't as good. Yeah, um, yeah it's um, it's a it's a strange one, really, because <clears throat> um, you had uh, John DeBarras, you're under underachiever, and you know, yeah, I mean he's. He is a top point scorer, but he did only score nine goals, so that's um, a bit of a concern, I would say. Uh, and actually, Kelly Ackard scored more goals than him. Uh, and you know, for for a D for a D man, that's normally you would say that's that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, just didn't get the same sort of feeling about Ackard as as we have done in the yeah, past couple of years. In the past, yeah. Um, I had had, so I had uh, Cruz Reddick as my top point scorer. Um, my one to watch was was Ben Davies, and uh, and why not? Yeah, I mean Ben Davies is a very likable player, and I think he is one to watch all the time, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. Uh, 
And then I had Corbin Baldwin's my top penalty minute taker, and my underachiever was uh, Eric Lindhagen. Right, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. pretty steady predictions. Uh, I think possibly the the other the other thing you could say I got wrong there was that I thought that we would hope to match up better against. I mean, yeah, we we hoped to, but we just didn't again. Um, possibly everybody else had kind of figured figured out how to play against them a wee bit more. Uh, but that that doesn't really apply to us for whatever reason still. And so we keep changing coaches every year. <laughs> I know we all have to relearn how to play against Guildford. Um But maybe it would be quite interesting to see what happens with their team next year. Whether they keep that same amount of core players, or if we see any of them move away or move to other teams in the league yep Cause I mean, yeah definitely th- th- there's guys there that we know are very good players and I think we'll still be given some decent offers certainly from here I would say so that's, it's an interesting one where where they end up um, do you think um, sorry just quickly yeah. do you think there's stuff going on behind the scenes just now like we try to get with players signed up for next season because obviously we don't know when clan wise or all teams wise um, you can take it whatever way you whatever you like probably more clan centric but uh, I don't know because how can you well how can the <laughs> contractual and stuff it's yeah. interesting because you you don't know how long the season is going to be therefore you don't know how long players will need to be here for whether there is actually a season at all has mm-hmm. all got to factor into it because I mean if, if a player signs a contract for X amount of money and there isn't actually a season or there's half of a season what does that mean and there's a there's a lot more I think from the both both parties a lot more thought has to go into the contractual side of things and obviously all the teams need to get some guidance from the league but how can they because nobody knows when it's actually going to start so you know if you were signing a contract you'd want to know right if if there were only half the amount of games played or there weren't any games played am I still going to get paid and then at the same time the teams probably don't want to be paying full amount of contracts if they don't play any games and all that kind of stuff so it's a it's weird to be honest it is yeah it is um, especially for you know it's a minority sport that that it is in this country it's um, it could could be difficult for for some teams to to stay in business ultimately and yeah, you know, definitely. yeah. obviously we don't want to see that yeah because they all the low budget for attendance or an average attendance at however many games you know especially teams like I think Dundee and Manchester for example who are very much uh, reliant on getting fans to games as all all the teams are but how do you you know you've got a shortfall there and then you're forgetting um, Dundee had over over 2 billion that game last season. <laughs> You're right. I, 
You're right, actually, that, that was them set. Maybe they knew <laughs> if they could attract a couple of billion through the gate, then if something like this happened... That's where it started. Then they'd be sort of set. Well, that is, yeah. There were two billion people in Dundee Ice Arena. There's bound to be some kind of spread. Um, yeah, they were fighting over the last um, rollover hot dog. And then... Yeah. Why did why did nobody really think of that? Um Dundee Ice Arena is the new epicenter of COVID nineteen, or the original epicenter. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's weird because all sports are the same in a way, though. But yeah, it's not, true. Not, it not financially, obviously. Some of them will find it yeah, easier well, than others. Yeah. If we take what taking this uh, like the NFL, for example, I think they've been sort of lucky, and it's not really affected the. The playing season, mm-hmm. um, but it could affect off-season workouts, and uh, albeit I think the the draft, which is in a three weeks time or something, like that, is still going ahead. Um, so I think they're just trying to keep it as normal as they can without having, um, obviously you know people meeting up and yeah and whatnot. But um, again, there's no sort of guarantees. Um, with that, that that's going to start um, at the beginning of September as well, which is obviously roughly about the same time as as the elite league. Yeah, until yeah. until this the situation changes from what it is just now, nothing can be predicted. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You know, at least if if they say right, we're we're now going to start lifting the ban on whatever, and. We're increasing gatherings and we're going to allow this and that to kind of uh, take place. You can't, you can't plan. So it's just we're probably predicting, going to start predicting signings in a season that might just never happen. So it's a new, it's a new blow for the podcast, but we're all in the same boat. Um, exactly. But anyway, right. Anyway, sorry. Manchester. Three teams left. Manchester. Um, Top point scorer, I had Jared Allen, and I've nailed that right in the head there. Um, yep. Penalty minutes, I had Matthew Gagnon, and I've got that one right as well. Um, one to watch, I had Jared Allen, so that kind of fair enough, I guess. Um, yep. And I had. John Negrin or Negrin who came in with a good CV missed basically most of the second half of the season I think don't know if he even played up till the league stopped so that's unfortunate but um, I I don't think he he was necessarily a standout up to that point so that's a minus mark for me and the underachiever which, to be fair, it's got to our best prediction yet. One of my, I had two. One of them was Ned Lukasevic, <laughs> who never even made the team. Didn't even, didn't even get there, did he? Um, and the other one, which no. I'm not too proud of, is Matt Ginn. I think I just wanted him to underachieve. 
but again, he was pretty good. Maybe a bit higher in the goals against than some of the other goaltenders around him, but again, he was uh, second. If we're, if we're taking out Adam Long, who only played two games, he was second in the save percentage behind CJ Mott, so a total balls up again from my prediction. Yeah, um, I mean, you, you did well with Lukasiewicz, I didn't, um, I don't actually remember what what had happened, I think he, he decided that he wasn't, alright, did he decide that he was leaving before the start of the season, because there's no... Yeah, he didn't, he didn't play or anything, right. whenever there was, I think there was just some news came out that he was not going to be playing. No, okay. You know, I don't know if they'd, there'd been a falling out or some kind of misunderstanding with contract terms I really don't know I just remember seeing that he wouldn't be he wouldn't be playing because there was obviously all the hype about his past and stuff and now he was saying he's you know he's going to focus on the season and it was quite funny how it, how it transpired yeah um, I had Jared Dolan my top point scorer as well and uh, Matthew Gagnon is top penalty minute taker so we're in agreement there mm-hmm. um, my one to watch I went with Adam Huseman and that is not a good shout although um, well I think he, he would he was injured for a long, he a was, long yeah. period as well um, so that's obviously gone against him there but um, don't remember a, a great deal about him uh, and my underachiever I went with Lane Omer. Mm. Um, yeah. Not. Not not the best. He wasn't. He wasn't bad by any means. Uh, but no. he. You know, I I think you can probably argue to to take that one, take the point there. Mm. Um. He was he was fine. That's all I can say. Really. Yeah. Um. Right, Nottingham. Uh, I seem to remember this being a bit of a laugh. I was reading it over there earlier. Um, top point scorer. I had Brett Boomer. And he missed a chunk of games and was probably the underachiever. So did you not um did you not go go to Germany? Did um Did he? Thing me, what's his name? No not Pete Russell, who's the other guy? The other coach. Oh um Corey Nielsen. Yes, uh uh-huh. I think Corey Nielsen had signed signed him. Did he? What? Halfway through the season? I think so. I'm gonna have to. I will have to fact check this now. I just, I just completely missed that then. Um, but you might be, might be right. Well, while you mentioned that, obviously, we possibly would have hoped that Pete Russell would be an underachiever, but actually, he, <laughs> he finished as coach of the year, didn't he? In, in the DEL two, uh, before that. Well, that finished. Yeah, you're right. He went to 
Freiburg. Freiburg, which is Pete Russell team. Oh, that's Pete Russell's team. Oh well. Yeah. Uh, I totally missed that, which is mm. which is even more embarrassing then. <laughs> um, what else did I have? I had penalty minutes. I had Boomer and Lapine. It was actually Daniel Fick. One to watch. I had uh, Fanny Dick. <laughs> what an Amy. I had Brian Connolly, Sam Hare, and Dylan Malmquist. Now, Sam Hare, definitely taking the the credit for that. Dylan Malmquist was alright. And yeah. uh, Brian Connolly was also half decent. So not the worst. Um but my underachiever was John Rowe and I actually I'm I'm very impressed with that because he had a terrible season. That is a that is an excellent show. I have to say. That is a good show. So I, um, I've done alright with Nottingham there. Yeah, you did pretty well. Um what did I have? But <laughs> I had Brett Bilmer's top top point scorer as well. Yeah. I think it was just because he did so well in Fife. Yeah. And we thought he he'll do well for Nottingham. Yeah, it made sense. Definitely did start of the season. Um, again, I had uh, Game with Pien, uh top penalty minute taker. He was just behind Fanny Dick. Um, one to watch. I had uh, well, I had Brian Connolly in in brackets, um, but <laughs> I eventually went with uh, Jason DeSantis. Okay. Um, he definitely left. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, and then finally, my underachiever was uh, Kevin Carr, and that is a shocking. That's a shocker, yeah. <laughs> shocking show. Uh, it's just all a good laugh, really. Um, Points to you there for John Rowe, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, and finally, Sheffield. Uh, top, <laughs> top top point scorer I had uh, Valorand Connolly and Martin St. Pierre now I think everybody could have had St. Pierre so it didn't, obviously didn't work out there so that's not a great shout but Valorand and Connolly okay I was kind of sitting on the fence with those two. It was a semi-easy prediction there, but I'll take it. Penalty minutes, I had uh, Brendan Connolly, and indeed it was. One to watch, I had St. Pierre. Aaron Brocklehurst, who had a pretty decent Mm. season in D. And Nikolai Lemchugov, who was also pretty good. So not not the worst. My underachiever I had Ben O'Connor, Aaron Johnson and Robert Dowd. Now Dowd got that bad injury. Uh, yeah. before that he was a point a game. Ben O'Connor was okay. Not great. Maybe not any worse than expected. 
they did you know they were a pretty good team Sheffield yeah and Aaron Johnson um, hardly played any games so I guess that counts as underachieving <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can have that one uh, I wait, oh, right okay so I'll go top penalty minute take a ad Valorant and I don't know why I went with Valorant mm-hmm. um, that's, a, that's a poor shout right off the bat yeah it wasn't yet underachiever Nikolai Lemchigov it's another oh, terrible shout yeah it's not a great shout he was pretty good uh, one to watch I went with Michael Davies actually yeah he's, he, he was pretty good near enough a point again give you that give you that definitely I'll have that one um, and then I went I went way out in a limb <laughs> and I <laughs> and I said if uh, if Marne Saint-Pierre is not the top point scorer in Sheffield then I'll leave the podcast <laughs> super brilliant absolutely love that at no point was he ever I don't think was he <laughs> he scored two points I know two points did... he, he finished um, he finished the season 53 points behind Brendan Connor. how many games uh, let's see five games he played five games yeah so lo and behold you're still here though which is good I'm still here you're still because here because I can never stick to my word yes yeah. fair enough Um Okay, so a good laugh there, but um, I suppose moving on to the kind of main event, and that was to sort of go out on a high here in this episode and talk about Clan a bit. Um, He's not talked about them too much. We had our marks out of 10 pre season predictions. Um, Now, how how do you want to do it? Do you want to just go through it based on kind of position like we did give the actual marks a couple of episodes ago yeah um, we'll start start with goalies um, Patrick Colleen I had it's been 8 out of 10 I said that he's had success in the league that he's but that he will be relied on, which was kind of true, and unfortunately, he was too relied on, and I think didn't have as good a season, certainly, as I'd hoped. So I'd said 6 out of 10 post season predictions, so that's not a good start. Yeah, I actually can't, I don't know what I've done with my, um, my post season predictions sheet um, so I can only give you pre-season right but I'll, I should be able to try and work okay, it out it, it, yeah. um, so I had I gave Kalina 7 before the season and I think I may have given him a 5 yeah post season yeah so that sort of reflects on what happened I guess Um yeah, not good overall. Uh, we've we've sort of talked about cleaning. I think our options going forward, possibly looking at 
maybe a, a sort of tandem type setup, but uh, yeah, not not the best season from Clean in our opinions. Um, yeah. Jordan McLaughlin, I had as a six, which is what I gave him, and it was kind of fairly steady. I just said solid enough, but not often seen. Yeah, and, and actually, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, I think I ended up giving maybe a five as well because we hadn't seen too much of him, but uh, well, I had, I had I had him down as a seven. Yeah. Prior to the season starting, um, don't know why. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I was very, very optimistic. Yeah, I think we both were extremely optimistic, as you'll find out. Uh, on to the D. I'll just I'll just read through my marks and then we can discuss how poor they were. Mm. Uh, Travis Earhart, I had as a seven out of ten, and I said we needed better defence and more goals from him. Jordan Hayward, I had surprise package eight out of ten, top defenceman. Interesting. Craig Moore had 6 out of 10, solid, not spectacular. Matt Puffal had 6.5. Potential, but not fully convinced. Hmm, not terrible. Springer, I had 6.5, solid, too many penalty minutes. Is a team player, though. And Stanish, I had 8 out of 10, consistent. Gets points, good defence. That was a, that was poor. That was poor. Um, I, I, so I think overall I've kind of undermarked, in my opinion, Travis Earhart, Craig Moore, and well overmarked Jordan Haywood and Matt Stanish. Yeah. Um, so I, I agreed with you on Earhart. Springer and Stanish, I'd given them exactly the same marks. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably, I'd, I'd want to give Earhart a bit more. Um, I think he deserved that over the season as well. Um, Stanish and eight, that is, um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know where I got that from. Uh, Springer, yeah, he, did have a good, he did have a good season last season, though, so we just hoped he would continue that. Yeah, but now, now I'm looking at it and thinking eights like <laughs> eight eights if you're having a, a, a really good, really good season. Great season, yeah. Um Springer had six, I think it was probably a similar score at post season. Um and yeah, he was he was fine, did alright. Um Craig Moore, I'd given a seven, a seven to, um, probably again, probably, I think the same post season. So those two have been okay with. Yeah, he was pretty yeah. steady. Yeah. Um, and then the final two, final two, are some of the worst predictions I've made. <laughs> Brilliant. So I had I had Jordan Hayward as. Um, your top, top defenseman as well mm-hmm. with a with a solid nine. Oh, 
it gets worse. Um, because I'd also given Pufal a nine. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, if I hadn't said that about Martin Saint Pierre, that could possibly be the worst <laughs> take that either of us have had on the podcast. It's not great. Um, but <laughs> looking at my forwards, it's. Nine! There are some more laughs to, to have, but nine is. Well, okay. Pufal was not as good as we thought he was going to be. Let's just put it. Let's just leave it at yeah. that. I think we've covered. We have covered it. But it was just. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so ov- overall, you can see that we were pretty excited about the team, as we always are. Maybe, maybe next time we'll totally predict a shambles in the hope that it's actually good. I don't remember saying that, like, because I did listen to this back, but a quote was um, from both of us that we were quite happy with the D. Yeah. Maybe we just... Mm, there's definitely, looking back at that, there's not enough actual defensive skill there. <laughs> By, I think we did say that as well, I mean, but for some reason... Defending, but... yeah. I don't know. It's the excitement. Once the signings start coming, it's, you just get, you just yeah, get buzzing. It's hard to, it's, carried away. it's hard to, to not get carried away. Yeah. Right forwards. Um, you want to go first on these? Right. Okay. Um. Uh, so I had. Becca as an eight. Hmm. as a nine. Mhm. Matt Hayward, 8. Mm-hmm. Matt Howlett, 7. Uh, Nolan Laporte, 9. Littammer, 8. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jack Muzo, 5. Peacock, 6. Pitt, 8. Row, 10. 10? 10. Right. <laughs> Matthew Roy, nine. Scott Tansky, nine. There's some Which, serious optimism in there. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't know where to go with that because, well, on, I guess on paper, if you look at it, Becker uh, and Pitt, proven point scorers for us. Did you have both of them as eights? I had both of them down as an eight, yeah. Okay. Um, Not which is fine. I mean, it is. Uh, Matthew Wa. Nine. Mm. Probably. Too eager with that one, but I was genuinely excited to see him. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone was, yeah. Um, likewise, Chad Rowe. Um. Again, on paper, and actually was pretty good, but nowhere near a 10. Yeah. Uh, and Rasmus Bierum, 9. Or sorry, uh, Laporte. Laporte, 9 as well. So I had them both down as a 9. Uh, yeah, probably a bit too eager with Laporte, but Bierum, not far away. No, not at all. I, I think I think in general I was maybe a bit more reserved. Uh, for myself, I had... Becca and Pitt as sevens. Against Becca, I said, gets goals, creative league experience. Hmm. 
pit. I had consistent points. Speed question mark. New child question mark. Yeah, possibly that. Yeah. Possibly that did affect him. Yeah. Um. Bierum, I had eight, and I said expect big season. And we got it. Mm-hmm. We got it. He would add seven. Matt, that is obviously seven out of ten. I said best season. That's arguable, but I think he did pretty well as captain. Seven, yeah. maybe. Possibly a bit much. Howlett had six out of ten. I just said potential. I think he was just about that, if at all. Laporte, I had him as an eight. I said surprise package, possibly physical points, fan favourite, player of the year, question mark. Mm. He was certainly top point scorer. He was not player of the year. Lidhammer, six. Fairly solid, nothing spectacular, secondary scoring. I think that was accurate. Yeah, I think he nailed that. Muzo, five. Depends on ice time, should improve. <laughs> but I didn't. Uh, Peacock, six. Need more, haven't seen it yet. But at least I'm consistent about him. Copy and paste. Yeah. Pick For every season. Chad Rowe, nine. On mm. paper, best player, player of the year, question mark, top forward, question mark. You can see where, why everyone kind of thought that. Which is why, yeah, of course. you know, he, he, did, he did pretty well, as we've said a lot, but not as well as he and we thought. Uh, Matthew Roy, eight, great player, fitness, question mark. Kind of came... Yeah. That kind of came to fruition. Although, yeah. I think he's unlucky with his injury. I don't think there was an issue with the injuries he came in with. Uh, and Tansky had a seven. Need need a few more points. Team player, captain, question mark. Mm. So, not, not terrible. I think I was probably worse with other teams than I was with Clan. Just a, a bit yeah, overexcited yeah. with a few players there. Uh, but as we've discussed, we kind of always are, in that point of view. Yeah, I think I'd add your marked uh, Laporte, Rowe for sort of forwards forward of the year, and then I had um, Jordan Haywood as a sort of defensive player. Yeah, I I had the I had the same. I'm trying to think. I think. Maybe Haywood we just thought would be this sort of really good skating mobile point scoring defenseman who yeah. is alright defensively as well and it just didn't really quite happen. Actually I know he missed a lot of the season and in a way I remember him at times being pretty impressive but then at times not so much, and I actually don't have as many memories of him as I think I thought I would. Yeah, no, that's that is fair. Um, right to to point that out. I think um, I'd said so. I had a quote about Springer, <laughs> and I, 
I said that Linden Springer would end up with more penalty minutes than the rest of the Clan D. Um, and that he would be he would be top ten in the league for penalty minutes. Now I think that must be. Not not sure about the the first part of that, but he's possibly top ten in the league. What is he? What's he? Hundred and one. Oh, second. Is he second in the league? Yeah, behind taking of Pellich one two three. Right. I mean, um, unfortunately, the rest of the D have got a lot more than him combined, but it's a good call yeah. on the. I wasn't really. I wasn't factoring in, um, the the addition of. So, well, Sean Robertson and uh, yeah, of course, of course. Whatever fits he played in um, in Stenton as well, but combined, uh, the rest of the clan D had one hundred and fifty-seven penalty minutes to Springer's one hundred and one. So, but I think Springer actually wasn't wasn't horrendous um, as no. I thought it would be. So, no. and if he was, then you know he could have run that close. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't actually remember him taking loads of penalties, which is kind of a strange thing to say, given he's averaging, mm. you know, just over a minor a game. But I don't really remember it so much. Fights? Did he have a couple of fights? I yeah, think, not not uh, many. Yeah. Not sure how many. Uh, Major penalties he had. Um, that was my, uh, I remember Matt Becker taking. Oh, Becker took um, a ton in one game, yeah. Yeah, it was at 32 penalty minutes in one game. Yeah. Yeah, so there was there was no nothing quite as re- much of a red mist moment from Spring, and then he'd, that incident the season before in Fife, where he just. <laughs> yeah. Kind of lost it. There was mm. there was nothing real like that, but he does he did rack them up. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. And yeah, then, not not horrendous. No, um, and then just on Fitzy, I had marked Fitzy seven out of ten. Yeah. Um. Which I think. Could have been accurate, if <laughs> there wasn't that ridiculous drop off. So therefore, as a prediction, it's total nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd given him an eight. I think I was, um, because of what I said previous to that about the team and where they would finish in the league. So, and I think that you know, had they finished that high, then you probably would have said, yeah, he's he's done a, a good job there. But yeah, um, yeah, gonna have to knock a knock a few <laughs> off that. I think. For sure, um, he he will have his work cut out. I think if he's if he's here for the upcoming season, and most of that applies to the rest of the coaches because how do they how yeah. do they plan anything? As we've said, I don't know. Like it would be interesting if you know they're they're all given like three weeks. Which is from the league being given the go ahead to the start of it. Then every team's got to recruit within a really short period of time. That would be very interesting. Um, 
I don't know if it would level the playing field in any way or do the opposite, I'm not sure, but... That's what Fife do every year, isn't it? <laughs> that is. Yeah, it didn't really work. But it might <laughs> it might come to something like that. Uh, Could. If, if, if suddenly things, restrictions get lifted, uh, it's certainly not a league that we're going to see games... Well... They might play games behind closed doors, but with the lack of coverage of from a lot of teams, including ours, it actually might be the only way to force Neil Black into doing uh, webcasts. Can you I imagine mean, that? I can't imagine it, but um, if he did, then it, you know it would be a step in the right direction, certainly. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, all teams really should be doing it. Uh, yeah. I think if there was a sort of game centre type system where all the games were live and you could um, pick between them, that would be great. Uh, but, you know, mm. it's, it's possibly not the most... Fo- well, forward thinking is maybe not a description you could apply to many things in this league. Um, did you see that there was a... Well, firstly, Cardiff were chosen as the team to go into the CHL, which I think is fair enough. Um, and yeah. There was a Q&A with Dean Smith, is it, the referee? Um, no. I don't know if you, if you saw it, but there were a couple of fairly interesting questions about refereeing stuff but the rest was not really that interesting mm. um, so but but kind of worth watching for from some some perspective it's always quite interesting when you get like a referee's take on things or the clips they do where the coaches have, are recorded and stuff like that I always like that insight and I think there should be more of it Um yeah you know, they were talking about, like they have in the NHL, where should the referees have a microphone for when they announce penalties and uh, stuff like that. So it was, uh, it was kind of interesting, but it wasn't It wasn't very long. It wasn't game-changing. But um, apart from that, I don't really think much has happened and will happen for a wee while. No, um, definitely not. But if there is... You know where to, you know where to go. Yeah, I mean, as we've said, we'll try and get some content together. We'll probably talk about some different stuff over the weeks as we um, record a few episodes about other things because there's not much hockey going on at the moment. There's not really much sport, but I guess we could still always find something to chat about. Um, yeah. So going forward, we'll see what happens, but. It's, it's always a good laugh doing the predictions because when you can revisit them like that, then it's uh, yeah. it's it's pretty funny. But I don't feel like we were that outrageous, and some people are more optimistic than us. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. The, the, a lot of the takes weren't that bad. Um, some were shocking. Some were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but overall, they were they were. Not bad, not bad. I'll I'll give us a I'll give us a six. Yeah, six a six is fair. 
I was going to say five, but then I thought there there were a few that we got spot on. But it depends yeah. how how much you want to tilt it with the ones that were absolutely shocking. Um, but anyway, so we'll hopefully bring bring you some podcasts over the next few weeks. Um, clan wise, there's there's obviously not much. We've talked about the season and stuff like that, so um, we'll just we'll just see what happens, and hopefully everyone can keep themselves safe and busy up till up till the point where something changes. Yeah, definitely. Um, as you said, yeah, we'll try and get something together um, in the coming weeks with some some guests on. Um, yeah, we've got some yeah, of those players that we said would be underachievers. We've got some of them coming on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going to get my Craig Gans on. <laughs> hey, Gansy. <laughs> hey, Gansy, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, yeah, you had but, a pretty good season. We thought you'd have a shocker. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> I said you'd be shite. <laughs> mm. um, no, but we'll get... We'll get something together, and you know, if there's any hockey news, then you'll be you'll be in yeah. the know. Yeah, indeed. So um, that's us for now, folks. Thanks for turning up and listening, and uh, stay safe, stay at home, and stay tuned. Stay happy, stay tuned. Exactly. <laughs> Cheers for now. Cheers, bye.